In this episode, we'll be outlining an extensive list of our favorite packing items and strategies. You may even want to listen twice and take notes. We will also be reviewing some of our favorite tips in our next episode, the airport experience. everyone, and welcome to our fourth episode of the Marvels and Mishaps of Travel. Today we're going to talk about how to pack for your next big adventure. So in all of our experiences, Monica and I have figured out how to pack in ways that are accessible, convenient, comfortable, and safe. So Monica, what's the first thing we're going to talk about with how well, to pack? I think everybody's first question is, do I check the bag or do I do everything in a carry-on? And over the years, uh, with some mishaps, I've discovered that I am team carry-on all the way. And the reason <laughs> yeah, the reason that I am team carry-on is because uh, a few years ago, before I was really avidly traveling, I went to Aruba with a couple of girlfriends and uh, was very kind of enamored with having super fancy clothes and shoes and heels, which I was not thinking. It was definitely fashion over function. And um, we had a layover and I checked my bag. I was like, I'm not gonna carry that huge bag on i'm just gonna you know (laughs) check it like why wouldn't i and i basically in my carry-on item that i actually took on the airplane with me somebody did say like take your bathing suit with you this way as soon as you get to aruba you can just put on your bathing suit and your flip-flops and hit the beach so i thankfully at least took that advice and we got to aruba and we had had a tight connection in atlanta and we made it on the connection but our bags did not so one of the three of us had packed carry-on only and did a lot of, like, told you so's to us. <laughs> and Aruba, <laughs> like, thank you. Aruba, uh, the travel staff, you know, said, oh, this happens all the time. Don't worry. Your bags will be here by tomorrow morning. And they, I think they did free laundry for us at the hotel so that we, so we put on our bathing suits, got at least our laundry clean. We picked up uh, toothbrushes in the hotel gift shop. And we're like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, the next morning the other friend's bag came and mine did not. And so now, mind you, I'm a curvy plus size girl and now I'm on the island of Aruba and we have horseback riding and snorkeling and we have um, our all-inclusive resort had a dress code for skirts and dresses and your girl had no clothes, like bras, underwear, sneakers, like Everything. What a nightmare. So yeah. we had to take an entire day of our trip. And thankfully, my friends were super thoughtful and patient with me. And we had to go shopping on the island in whatever plus size we could find. And I ended up finding that I had to spend probably an extra $250 in clothing. And because day after day was going by and my stuff wasn't showing up. And uh, Delta ended up reimbursing me for it. But I couldn't like buy nice outfits. I had to buy whatever was available and fit. So every single photo from that trip, I'm in like the wackiest outfits because I had no choice. (laughs) So uh, lesson learned uh, very clearly on that one is I really try not to, um, to check a bag if, if I don't have to, I will check on the way home 
uh, more likely that I would check. Yeah, because it's less critical. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's like if you bring an extra couple of little like cloth bags for souvenirs, then mm-hmm. yeah, you can check a bag. I even back, packed like larger on your duffel way there, bags. You don't be stranded. Um, like like when I went to yeah. India, I knew I was going to be buying a lot of like textiles and goods and things like that uh, for my home, and I I packed like a whole duffel bag flat in my suitcase, and then like had two bags to check on the way home. But there's ways to get around that. But that there are sense. other pros and cons to having a carry on. I've done um, checked bags and, you know, I've gotten in situations where I had to take a massive check bag on a tuk-tuk <laughs> up a mountain in Cambodia. And, like, that was not comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would have much rather had a carry-on backpack with me so that I didn't have to have this, like, bulky weight. Or if you're, like, coming off of public transportation and you have to walk to your hostel or hotel or anything like that – you don't want to be dragging this huge bag, especially not if it's a two-wheeler. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you do have the kind of luggage that has wheels, you absolutely need a four-wheel bag. For sure, yeah. I mean, those cobblestone streets in some cities are not somewhere that you want to be dragging your luggage over. Uh, I was um, on my trip to Morocco. I'm always talking about Morocco. Uh, we ended up having to take a train uh, from in between two of the cities. And uh, the, it was small, like teeny, and there was four people in uh, one train car. So they have like two sets of bunk beds. And those of us with carry-on, they had like the the rails like above so that we could just kind of like toss our bag up there and it wasn't like sitting on the floor. But the people who had larger yeah. suitcases, there was nowhere to put it except for in the little bit of space that we had to walk. And it was con- – we were constantly shifting and like kind of playing Tetris to get in and oh, out. Oh, yeah. Like it's annoying. Yeah. It's just inconvenient. Yeah. And then the other thing is when you have a tight mm-hmm. layover, right? Like you don't want to – well, I guess this relates more to what type of carry-on bag you have. But like if you have a carry-on that's like with wheels, that's going to be harder to run through the mm-hmm. airport than an oversized backpack, yeah. right? <clears throat> um, so that's another thing to consider when you're talking about, um, okay, yeah, I want to do a carry-on. What am I going to do? Yeah, once again, so. I have testimony to that too. And uh, – when I was in the Galapagos Islands, I very unfortunately uh, lost my phone. And, and that's a whole other story in itself. But the biggest uh, outcome for that was that I didn't have, like, my itinerary on my email. I couldn't call an Uber. I couldn't even check the time in the airport to, like, make sure I was getting on the plane at the right time. Yeah, so it was so nerve-wracking. So we really had to. And I like, luckily, my travel partner, I did have – uh, her phone with internet access, so we were able to do some planning ahead of time. Um, I ended up buying a wristwatch uh, in Quito before I left mm-hmm. so that I could, you know, just check the time easily. And then we made arrangements, rather than me calling an Uber once I got back to Washington, D.C., uh, we made arrangements for, like, a limo to be waiting for me, like, you know, with, like, my name on the placard so that I wouldn't have to, like, call. And uh, so we thought we had everything set up. I got to the airport, and my flight was delayed. And so now the connection that I had, oh, no. I think it was in Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, was going to be super-duper tight, and which meant that if I missed that connecting yeah. flight and I got into D.C. even later, I didn't have a way to contact that limo driver to tell him to wait for me. So I explained you know, to the gate agent you know, that my situation, I don't have my phone, I have to make this connection. So she's like, okay – um, so they already knew like the time of the delay and everything. She's like, do you have any checked bags? And I said, no. And she's like, all you have is that backpack. I said, yep. So I can move through the airport pretty fast. 
And then she said, I'll do you a favor. I'm going to put you in a seat really close to the exit door so I could basically be the first one off the plane. And I'll tell you what, Jess, I never moved faster in my life. I was like looking (laughs) it through because if I didn't make that connection, it was going to put me in a real pickle. And I actually got all the way to like the luggage carousel stuff and I left the whole rest of the plane in the dust. I mean, I was out. (laughs) And I was like the only traveler coming off and I come into like the, and it was desolated and and another like airport officer stopped me and she's like, whoa, 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 where's your ticket? You know, what flight are you coming off of? You know, do you know, you need to get your bag. And I'm like, I have everything with me. Please let me go and get my connection. And she made me stop and show me uh, (laughs) my boarding pass and stuff. She's like, okay, you know where you're going? Like, yes, leave me alone. Go. And then I, because I had global entry. I'm a pro at this. (laughs) Uh, I had global entry. So it was like a quick scan, handed off that passport, zipped. I actually made it the connection with time to spare. And I would not have done that if it wasn't for my backpack carry on. Yeah, no, it does make a huge difference. Um, But in the situations where people do decide to check a bag, for instance, if you are on a longer trip and you don't want to do laundry, um, which I I usually opt into laundry, but if you don't want to do laundry, um, make sure that the item you do not check, your personal item, has a few backup outfits in case your bag does get lost. Um, and then you also want to want to make sure that it has any valuables or medical deeds that you have, um, as well as any critical tech items you have, such as your cell phone or your charging cable backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your charging cable or your your backup. Um, I do a backup tablet in the situations where I might lose my phone because I also had a few instances. One where my phone fell out of my pocket in a cave in mm. Iceland. Someone happened to find it. I got lucky. And in another situation in St. Martin, I accidentally threw my phone in the ocean as I slipped on a rock. But again, my phone was okay, and so was I. So I yeah. got lucky. Um, but nobody wants to be in the situation Monica was it, in. Exactly. So. Like, I really wish I would have had a tablet with me at that point to um, have all my information and be able to, to make arrangements. But um, it just – you hope these things don't happen, but you just never know. So it's best to be prepared. Yeah, you need a backup and just, plan. And then it takes that anxiety off of it, too. You really can enjoy the trip. Um, but just in the, in the sense of safety as well. Uh, so passports, especially when you're on the trip itself, like you're on your day-to-day, should not be on your person. Uh, passports should be in a safe Um along with any other important documents like vaccine cards, uh, if you have a known traveler card, if you, uh, you know, any of those other documents, uh, the majority of your cash, uh, extra credit cards, things like Mm -hmm. that, in a safe, either in your hostel, hotel room, locked up. But I do carry a, like, photocopy of my passport. It's not uncommon for, like, tour guides to ask for your passport and just that they know, like, who they have on their trip with them. That's, you know, yeah, they need to exactly. identify you in case there's a problem um, or but something. I, pref- I much prefer to like have a copy of it versus the actual. And sometimes uh, at you know little touristy destinations, they'll have like, oh, like here's a passport stamp that says that you know you you balance the egg here on the equator here in Quito. And I have seen people allow them to stamp that little tourist stamp in the their official passport, and that can actually. Um, make your passport invalid. 
So we want to collect the yeah, stamp, right? So go ahead and put that on the Xerox right. copy and not in your actual passport. Yeah, and that came up recently because, you know, my cousin and one of my friends and I were going to Antarctica and she was talking about how they they give you an Antarctica stamp. And I was like, uh, is that like an official stamp? She's like, no, it's just you went to Antarctica. I was like, do not let them touch that mm-hmm. with your passport. Yes. The <laughs> so. only stamp should be the ones from the official immigration areas and i've noticed a lot of countries have even stopped which makes me super sad because it's one of my favorite sounds in the world the clunks of those stamps when you're hitting a new country yeah you're like i officially (laughs) went here yeah so that's happened to me on like cruises or like going into into and out of the eu or they pretty much just stamp at once when you're going into and out of europe like you don't get a stamp for every Mm -hmm. country but oh well oh well the world has changed um another thing i do just from the safety standpoint And I had not done this as proactively on that trip to Ecuador. And I think I would have been in a a different position when I lost my phone had I done it. But I kind of make like a little dossier, if you will, of um, I print out my flight and itineraries with the, you know, the timing and my reservation numbers, like the emails. Like I literally just print the emails. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do the same. Any uh, tours that I've booked ahead of time with confirmation numbers uh, and then all the tour info where you need to be. uh, you know, time the tour picks up, you know, sometimes tours will be like, make sure you have phone numbers, these items on there, right? The phone number. So just all that stuff. Cause you just never know, even if you've got that international data plan and you've prepped for that, what if you're in a spot with, you know, sucky internet or no. Wi-Fi, and yeah. you know, you just can't get into it electronically. At least you've got the paper copies. Um, and it's just, it's just nicer sometimes to have that instead of being having it all on your phone. Yeah, and it's especially important to have that too if you have travel insurance. Like the whole point of travel insurance is you can contact somebody in an emergency, and if you don't have that information handy, it's kind of useless. Right. So, um, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you print out some of those more critical documents. Um, I like to do, I do like a pencil case with a zipper for my passport and my vaccine card. And then I'll have like a little folder for extra documents mm-hmm. I've printed out. Um, so that's similar to what you were talking about. Monica, yeah, I but, use something um, similar. Um, I just got it on Amazon and it was actually like a post COVID purchase. Uh, and it's a passport cover, which it, you'll hear travelers. It's like, a, it's kind of like one of those great debates of the travel world of like, do you do the passport cover or not? Because when you hand your passport over to customs or something, they don't want to, they don't want the cover, right? They just want the passport. Like it's it's bulky and and everything for them. But I like it, especially this one that I bought because it has um, not only a spot to put, you know, the back end of my passport in, you know, like booklet. It also has a little window for my vaccine cards. It has a little tiny little pen nice. that it came with because you always are like searching for a pen when they hand out those custom papers in yeah, the plane. Customs, yeah. And then on the other <laughs> side of it, it has like. Uh, credit card slots so I can keep like my, you know, credit card, debit card, uh, extra ID, my known traveler card, kind of as a wallet, um, just everything all together. And then I'll, I'll sort of rearrange that into like my day bag once I get to my destination. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, So yeah, just like having all that stuff in an accessible form while you're going through the airport, mm-hmm. going through customs is super critical. Um, and having those backup items too. I know we talked about um, having the backup device, mobile device. 
it does help if you bring that extra tablet, make sure you're already signed into email. Um, But if you don't have an extra device and there's a possibility that you need to sign into somebody else's device with your email, um, it may actually help to turn off your multi-factor authentication beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, And generally speaking, it's good to have two-factor authentication for your email. It's more secure, but... If you lose your phone, you're not going to be able to get into your email right. on anything. So, um, so yeah, that's just one extra little tidbit if you're in that circumstance. And then another thing that has saved me a couple times, actually, is having two wallets. You split up your cards and your cash. I had a situation in Finland where I was out for a night dancing. I come back um, in an Uber. And as I get out of the Uber, my little wallet fell out of my pocket. Fortunately, the next day, somebody actually returned it. I mean, I was I was in Finland. So it's like one of the mm-hmm. safest, nicest, happiest countries in the world. But that's not going to happen everywhere. So it helps to have that second wallet tucked away. And fortunately, I did. So I knew I had a backup plan. Um, and then another situation... If you lose your debit card, you can put PIN numbers on your credit card and get a cash advance at an ATM Mm -hmm. that way. So that's a key thing you want to have if you're traveling solo. I went to Mexico City, left my debit card in the ATM at the airport, and (sighs) then went to another ATM and suddenly realized I didn't have it. I was quickly reassured that I had my little credit card pin saved in my phone. So, yeah. Yeah, that was lucky. (laughs) Yeah, it can definitely be. It was like mini heart attacks, but if you've planned well, you're like, okay, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, you're like, I got it. I got it. And that's the best feeling is like, yeah, I thought this through. I planned for it. That's all that matters. I'm I'm okay. So if you end up going – with the carry-on item, or even even if you do check a bag, right? You've got to have uh, a bag with you that you're carrying, like through the airport onto the airplane, and Personal you know item, there's yeah. you can use all sorts of things for it. But I have found, in the sense of safety and accessibility, you know, to have a pocket that you can get to easily, but that also has a zipper closure because there's nothing worse than having kind of like an mm-hmm. open top like tote bag that you're just like sort of tossing things in the top. First of all, it makes it real easy for somebody else to grab it. And then also just if it tips over and something falls out, it's just it's just not safe. So zipper closures. Yeah. And then I also um, like I always wear a jacket into the airport, too. And like I'll make sure that jacket has zip up pockets, Mm -hmm. too, if I need to like have extra space Mm -hmm. for a few things that need to be accessible. But um, particularly my phone. I would make sure like that accessible area. What what I have is I usually have a backpack as my personal item and I'll I'll have my passport bag that has my like passport vaccine card and extra items um that's zipped up in a pouch on the inside of my main mm-hmm. backpack compartment so that I just open up the backpack zipper and reach into that pouch right and it's there. the first thing yeah. I grab. It's not it's not so accessible somebody exactly. could steal it. So um, so TSA is a place also that you want to think about like how you're organizing your items. So I, with my mm. global entry, I get TSA pre-check, which means that leaving the United States, Same. I don't have to, um, take my toiletries, like my liquids out of the bag and put them on the belt. I don't have to take out my laptop. So I may put some of those things like in, um, in like my carry on 
However, when I'm returning to the United States, often in that airport in the other country, they don't care what status you are. Everybody's going through TSA. So mm. then I make sure I put that bag right. of uh, wet um, liquids in my like right on the top of my bag so that I can quickly get it out because you don't want to be that guy in the TSA check line who's got to take the whole thing apart to find out the liquid bag and find the laptop, have it accessible, have it quick and easy to reach so you can keep that line moving. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I know coming back to the U.S. too, it also really helps to have like that global entry or that mobile passport mm-hmm. so that you – once you're like – back from your trip and you're completely exhausted, you can just go right through customs as well. And those, that kind of pairs with that TSA pre. So the combination, it, it really yeah, helps. So Mobile Passport, um, it is an app that you can download onto your phone. Uh, it's not accessible at every airport in the U.S., but most of the major hubs it is. And basically it works like the customs form, but you do it like the moment you land. So while you're waiting for everybody to deplane, you pull out this um, app, you scan your f- picture of your photo, you put in your passport information, and you make all those declaration questions right there, and then it gives you a QR code. And then what most of these airports do is that anybody who has that mobile passport app can go through the line for global entry, and they don't have to wait in the long mm-hmm. line with all of the other people like, going through customs. And it's just as good <laughs> – if that airport has the mobile passport um, feature, uh, then having global entry. And then there's a couple other things you want to think about as far as like the overall airline experience um, at the airport. Uh, what do we mm. wear when we're going to the airport? That's a big deal because that's that's another key aspect of how you're packing. So I have kind of like a uniform because I like to look a little bit cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the airplane, you never right, know. Yeah, you're like, you don't want to feel like a total <laughs> yeah. scrub. Like, the airport's a lawless place. You can wear whatever. <laughs> you could eat ice cream at 2 a.m. Have like, a beer at 6 a.m. It's fine, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it is it is nice to feel right. good. But, like, I, I, so. I found that, like, kind of morning, noon, and night, um, something kind of works for me. So my uniform on an airplane is uh, a pair of black leggings, uh, some kind of T-shirt, mm-hmm. Uh, if the area that I'm going to has like cooler evenings, I'll wear like a thin cardigan. And then also my tried and true jean jacket. I have a jean jacket that's been to like almost every country with me. Um, because it just, it's, it's just, it's warmth. It gives some structure. It's a million purposes. Yeah. It provides everything. On my feet, I wear whatever my bulkiest shoes are for the trip. So like my last trip. Yeah. You don't want them to take up space. Uh, Yeah. And that clears up space in your suitcase. I wear um, a pashmina, uh, which has multifunction. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Sometimes I'll wear my noise-canceling headphones, uh, especially if I'm seated in the back Mm -hmm. of the plane, and then whatever hat I need for that trip. So that's that's my outfit. Yeah, I say the the back of the plane is where you get most of the screaming kids, I find, which is, you know, nobody can help that. But um, if you do have one of those seats, it is nice to have the noise canceling headphones. Um, And they're also the, you know, the cushiony ones are usually more comfortable than the little earbuds that they give you. So that's another thing I like to have. What are your thoughts on neck pillows? Neck pillows. So I do use one. Um, Sometimes it helps. Um, I usually, as a way to carry it, I'll like tuck it into my little backpack loop or my little luggage loop. 
But I've also found sometimes it's more comfortable to tuck if they give you a pillow, tuck it on kind of like in the mm. middle of your back, like the lower part so that you you have more support there. Because if you just have the neck pillow, you kind of like are cramped with your head going forward. Whereas like if you have that support behind your back, it's a little bit more comfortable. You can lean a mm. little bit more. I know you've talked about using a scarf instead because yeah. that has more functions I, later. I did the so. neck pillow. I bought a really nice one. Um, it was so soft. And I a couple of things with it. First of all, it was, you know, I kind of like loop it onto my backpack or whatever. So it wasn't like it taking up space inside. Because that's another hint. If you strap things to your backpack, they count as like part of the carry-on. So I would like loop it onto oh. like if you, like a baseball hat or even shoes. I've seen people like strap their shoes like into like the elastic straps on a backpack. Um, and then it counts as part of that piece of luggage. But the neck pillow, it was like, okay, I'm dragging this like kind of, kind of big and bulky item all the way across the world. And the only thing that I'm really using it for is like maybe a couple of hours on the plane each way. And then I was finding it was getting kind of yeah. like really hot in it anyway, or it would like drag on the floor right. and then I'm putting my face on it. Yeah, that's happened and to I'm me just before. Like, and I'm like, and, I don't want to touch it. I'm like, it. I have to find. So I bring, I think I mentioned it, uh, I bring like a, um, it's kind of like a lightweight wool pashmina. And um, basically I can put it over my legs like a blanket. I can put it around my shoulders like a jacket. I can uh, ball it up like a pillow. I can um, wrap it around my neck kind of like um, as a neck pillow. And then I can also use it in my destination if the evening's a little bit cooler, if I need to uh, cover my shoulders in a church or a mosque or something. I've used it for that purpose. So I, I end up bringing it on the airplane and it, it ends up being like a very multi-purpose item. Yeah, throughout yes, the trick. So uh, that is... That's kind of my go-to. But I have seen, like, those inflatable neck pillows. Um, and then there's one that's mm – -hmm. I think it's called, like, the turtle. And that looks like it kind of, like, cradles your face or something. So there's a lot of options out there. Um, you know, no judgment for the neck pillow users, but it just wasn't – it just wasn't um, functional for me. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. always useful. That makes sense. And th there's a couple other, like, comfort things on the plane, too. I know – like, even though you can't bring liquids or, like, liquids more than three ounces per item, you can't bring them through through the security line. But what I like to do is bring an empty water bottle because you always get dehydrated mm -hmm. on the plane, right? And there's only so many times the flight attendants come through with water. So I'll usually bring that empty water bottle through through security with me and then fill it up once I'm in the the main area before yeah. I get on the plane. So I have that. Um, I sometimes just go to the, like, the newsstand and like buy a big bottle of water. But some yeah, of the budget airlines don't let you bring it on because they want you to like, I don't know if you have to purchase it on their yeah. airline or whatever. But if you go to like the Hudson News, they have those like white plastic opaque bags and you can put the water bottle in there. And then they don't know what's in your bag. Yeah, they won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know, like, some people like to read when they're on the plane. I do that sometimes. And I used to bring a physical book with me. And it was just, like, such an extra thing it's to heavy. have to hold. I like to download books on my, my phone yeah. or my tablet. I use a um, Kindle Paperwhite. I find that's a little bit easier. I, it was a, I mean, it was a it was a purchase. That was a, that was a choice. But... Uh, it's slim. It's, um, I'm not feel, feel like I'm draining my phone battery. It's got a nice, like the screen is very viewing. And I'm one of those people who I do love like the feel of a real book. 
Uh, if I do happen to have one that I'm like in the middle of at home, what I'll often do is like bring it. And then when I finish it, I'll like leave it in the hotel or hostel for somebody mm-hmm. else to pick up. Oh, yeah, that's fun. It's got mm-hmm. a little memory it takes with it, it somewhere else. <laughs> and then the other thing is like if you want to entertain yourself on the plane outside of using a book you want to make sure that any music or videos you have on your mobile device are already downloaded because i know some people they'll they'll get on the plane and they'll realize everything was just in the cloud streaming Mm -hmm. make sure it's fully downloaded available offline once you're on that plane yeah there's nothing worse than getting into that one seat that the this, you know, the TV screen is it's broken. not working the and they don't broken. have another seat for you to go sitting. You're like, man. So yeah, download it, right? It's Bummer. a little heart, or not the heart, the cloud with the arrow. Make sure it's like saved onto your device. The only way I'm able to tolerate the like 17 hour flight to East Asia is thinking that I'm just going to think of it as a big movie marathon. <laughs> and if that doesn't happen, boy, is that rough. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. But I mean, those long flights, especially, uh, I mean, I have purchased compression socks. Uh, I think my longest mm. leg to date was from JFK to Johannesburg, South Africa, and it was a 15 yeah, hour that is a long straight, one. 15 hours in the air. Yeah, because you, don't you stop in Europe first? You stop in Europe and then go Not straight down, that right? One. We went direct from JFK to Johannesburg, and then we, um, in Johannesburg, we switched over for like a one hour flight to, to get to Cape Town. And it was. Oh, oh it's the curvature mm-hmm. of the earth that you can't tell on the map, right? right? It looks like yes. it's straight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime you cross the equator, it's going to be longer than you think. Uh, so. Right. I purchased like <laughs> nude color um, compression socks that like went all the way up to my knees because the human body is not used to being, you know, upright for like 24 hours. So, um, you know, right, you normally yeah. lay down, we put our feet up, we sleep. And uh, so in order to kind of make sure that all the fluid doesn't um, sink to your legs and kind of swell up, because that can take a couple of days to uh, to sort of rectify itself uh the compression socks do help and i actually don't take my shoes off on a plane for that same reason to kind of keep the blood flow um and that compression there i have a couple injuries in like my ankle and my knee um so i always make sure to do some deep stretches in my legs before i Mm -hmm. sit for that long but i find for me sometimes the shoes get too tight and i'll undo my laces but it it really depends I, i try to not do that until it's like unbearable. That's more injury specific, I suppose. Uh, probably better to leave them on. Yeah, and, and I think the length of the flight makes a big difference too. Yeah, there's some other things though that we want to have accessible while we're on the plane itself. Some of those are toiletries, sort of, uh, including like mini tissues. I know I've been on a flight. I came home from South Korea and. I just had like the worst sniffles and I had no tissues and I ended up having to find like paper receipts <laughs> to kind of deal with my issue. And somebody was nice enough to hand me a thing of tissues because they were like, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was getting a little desperate. But yeah, that's there's a handful of things you want to have accessible. Right. Uh, so tissues are one of them. Yeah, I tend to kind of like there's separate my toiletries in general into like three categories when I'm packing. So I'll like go through everything. I keep like a big stash, like travel size stuff. And I, you know, it's always very different depending on location, right? I don't need, you're not going to need mosquito repellent in Antarctica. So 
uh, you know, kind of pull everything out. <laughs> I go through it one by one. Uh, I pick out everything that I need, and then I make three piles. And the first pile is like the liquids that I um, need to have with me, but not necessarily need them on the plane. And then I have like mm-hmm. toiletries with me that again are not liquid, so they don't need to take up space in that clear plastic quart size bag. Uh, things like um, deodorant or like an anti-chafing stick, like solid kind of toiletries, and I'll stick those in another bag. And then I have another bag, yeah. which is like things that I want to have with me on the plane itself. And that's stuff like medication, um, the the tissues, um, my, you know, hand cream, um, uh, sanitizing wipes, stuff like that that I'm going to need while accessible while I'm on the airplane. I'm somebody who gets motion sickness sometimes, um, not usually on planes, mostly in cars and buses, but occasionally I need to have my Dramamine mm-hmm. with me. And so like, that's something I'll, I'll even put that in my little, you know, pencil case mm-hmm. Ziploc with my passport and stuff. So it's right there. I am. Advil and Tylenol are good to have too. I'm usually a walking pharmacy when it comes to it. And if it's not nice. me who needs the medication, it's somebody on my tour group it's my travel partner it's you know whoever right it's nice to have Um, that available unfortunately emodium is one of them uh if you're not gonna do emodium like abysmal uh i bring Mm. i do bring um motion sickness medicine there's one called i think it's called boning uh that's not as drowsy as dramamine um i also take uh medical grade ginger capsules um because that can settle a stomach without the drowsiness. Um, I also take uh, allergy medication because uh, I have need. I get nasty reaction to mosquito bites, and I've taken like Claritin to help. Yeah, I do too um, to help with that. And I take Benadryl because you just never know. I have a couple of food allergies, so uh, and then of course like Tylenol, Advil for the occasional hangover, um, but things like that mm-hmm. will definitely you know kind of get you through. Yeah, it's it's always good to have that, especially um, if you are somebody with allergies or, you know, you could even come across something where you find out mm. you have an allergy to something else. You know, that's usually somewhat rare, but um, it is nice to have like the Benadryl or the Claritin. Um, I actually, in my day-to-day life, I have an EpiPen. Oh, wow. So for me, that's something that just needs to be accessible. <laughs> that's a whole nother yeah. can of worms. So <laughs> Yeah, I remember being in Portugal and uh, we were there. Uh, pretty much midsummer, and there it was just there were like these mosquitoes on steroids, and the friend who I was traveling yeah. with and myself are both highly sensitive to mosquitoes, and I thought I was bad, and then I saw her bites, and she was like, I ha- I have to go to the pharmacy. Like she had to take time out and like go to the pharmacy, and um the the bite itself was like. I mean, it was a welt at that point and, and like oozing and that happened to me in Costa yeah, Rica. She, she pulled the, I, her pant leg or skirt up to show the pharmacist. Um, cause you know, sometimes you just have to like help me cause you, yeah, right, you have to you show them. Like, You're like, it's explain terrible. with your language barrier. <laughs> and she, when she said, with well, a pharmacist like recoiled in horror with this massive mosquito, bite. <laughs> <laughs> but they gave her something to help her. And then, um, I think she also ended up taking the Benadryl, so I was glad that I had that for her, too. Yeah. No, when I was in Costa Rica, I think my arm swelled up to, like, 50% m- more of its normal Ugh. size. So I, like, 
absolutely had to take Benadryl, and that helped, but um, that's actually called Skeeter Syndrome when you have, like, an allergic reaction to the mosquitoes. It's kind of weird. I think that's where Rita Skeeter comes from in Harry Uh, Potter. It's definitely worth looking up a vaccine for, um, like, malaria. Uh, When I was in India... uh, it was was my first trip there, and so I was I was 19 years old, and just to give you a sense, it was more than 20 years ago, and so capri pants were very popular, and I was like, oh, this is a perfect alternative to having to wear like long pants or long skirts because um, it's a little bit more modest without having to wear shorts, but it'll still be like good for the weather. And I spent a lot of time at my family's house on that trip, and you know the houses in India are are very well built for mosquitoes. They have these high-powered ceiling fans that kind of like blow the mosquitoes away. Uh, the bedrooms are all equipped with mosquito nets. Um, they have like mosquito coils that they burn uh, for like the incense and everything. So they're really kind of diligently working on the mosquito issue. But the mosquitoes then tend to collect under tables. And oh, I would be no. sitting at the dining room table with my aunt and just chit-chatting and whatever and not even realize. And that trip, um, it was in – March. So it was like kind of the just the beginning of like the warm season. And I Mm. counted over a hundred bug bites on my legs, like to the point where I like was sick one day and they had to send our our family servant out to get like calamine lotion and and stuff for me. But um I was very lucky that we'd gone to the doctor and he recommended taking malaria medication. It's something that you have to take like yeah. before the trip, during the trip, and then after. And they were not fun pills or like these enormous horse pills, but yeah, I was I've had so happy too. that I had taken that precaution with all those bites. There was the really high risk of that. So I was covered. Yeah, that's always a good idea too. It's better to take medical mm-hmm. precautions than to uh, find out later. Yeah. So. And they make bug repellent now. Um, I mean, they do it in the wipes. So you can take like a whole pack of wipes and it's not going to take up like your space for your liquids. Mm -hmm. And then there's also another product that's not like DEET related because I hate having like DEET on my skin at the end of the day and then getting into bed with it. Um, It's called uh, Picardin and it's um, supposed to be a little bit better, uh, but it's also like not as bad for your skin um, and just as effective. So that's what you look into as well. One thing I've done, um, particularly in countries where there's Zika virus, I have sprayed my clothing, just mm. the outside, uh, I've sprayed the outside of my clothing with something called permethrin. Um, now, this is something you absolutely cannot get on your skin. You need to wear gloves and a mask, spray your clothes, let them air outside, and then it's good for like 50 washes oh, wow. at least. But it's like a, it's like a very strong bug and insect repellent. I, I just find I feel a little more secure having that, but you just like I said, you have to make sure it's dry before you really touch it. Yeah. So that's just w- one way to deal with it. Lots to think about. All right. So sometimes there's some extra items that are just kind of nice to have with you for when you arrive, not necessarily mm-hmm. on the airplane um, or in your personal item, but like things that just sort of make the trip a bit more convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's like I don't. Even though I have my travel backpack that I have with me on the plane, I don't necessarily want to use that for, like, my day-to-day walking around with my Mm. wallet and stuff. So it's nice to have, like, an extra little cloth bag that you put in your luggage. It has, like, a zipper or, like, one of those pull-tight mechanisms Mm -hmm. so it 
you know, the just the weight of it keeps it closed. You always want to make sure you have those extra bags with you so that yeah, um, I, you can. Not I take have different to carry things <laughs> depending on the trip. So if it's a very like beachy trip, I'll just take like a canvas like mm-hmm. tote bag that I can just throw like my sunscreen and my flip flops and you know my room key and my towel in, right? Um, if it's like yeah. a city trip and I'm walking around, my favorite bag to take is a, it's an RFID, like theft resistant, like if somebody oh, I like would walk up to too. me like with a yeah. knife, like and cut the bag open, it has like stitching that prevents that. It has, um, like an extra like kind of locking mechanism on the, on the zipper. And I swear to God, it's like a Mary Poppins bag. I can fit like my souvenirs in there, my water bottle, my, you know, just like everything. Like, right. Fits. It's yeah. Just, you just um, keep and going. It's, but it's not like huge and bulky. Um, and it's also crossbody. So it frees up my um, hands for other things that I'm doing. So that's a, that's a favorite of mine. Yeah. The crossbody bags mm-hmm. are, are always great. Cause like you can just shuffle that around as needed and they always have a zipper. Yeah. Usually and luckily zipper, those uh, so. fanny packs are coming back into style and I see a lot of people use them. I know. Yeah. They're so convenient. And they don't put the weight <laughs> on your shoulder too. So that's a nice thing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. actually a little bit better. So I, I have a cute one that's like a little bit metallic. So occasionally I'll incorporate that into a fun outfit. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, I mean, they've got the zipper. They're right on you. It's way convenient one of the best things you can do while packing is just making everything as compact as possible um, and having spares so i like to use some of my hiking backpacking equipment and what i mean is like when i go backpacking i have like a microfiber towel Mm -hmm. that's super tiny and compact i have like you know tiny toothbrush and all this stuff and so I will bring some of those on my other trips where I'm just like hopping on a plane and going to a hotel on a regular vacation. Um, And they're just like, it's nice to have that extra towel. Um, It's nice for your stuff not to take up a lot of space. Well, and the microfiber towels, and I'm not a big backpacker, but I bring a microfiber towel or two in different sizes on just about every trip I go on. Uh, Multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the hostel or whatever that you're staying in only has like the one towel and you want one for your hair, um, it's nice to have like your mm-hmm. own towel, like take just if you're just washing your face or brushing your teeth. Uh, I've used a microfiber towel on bunks in dorms as like an extra screen for privacy yeah. and just like kind of stick it in between the mattress of the bed above me and kind of create a little bit more privacy there. Um, I've used it, to, you know, taking it to the beach to sit on. So there's and they and they're quick dry, so like it's yeah, so, yeah it's, you know it's fast. really nice to um have that and just super convenient. Uh, speaking of drying things, I have also invested a whole twelve dollars on a um on a cloth a clothing line like a a travel clothesline. So basically, it's this like big piece of nylon cord, and on either end of it are uh, either suction cups, and there's also a set of hooks. And then on between are like mm. almost like kind of paper clippy uh, clothesline metal clips. And I'll just like find a spot yeah. either in the hotel room to hook it or suction cup it in the bathroom. And then if it's – especially if it's a trip that's in a humid place or uh, that I'm like in bathing suits a lot, it's so nice. Because hotel rooms never seem to have enough hooks. And so just yeah. nice to have that there to like kind of be able to air stuff out and not have it wet all the time. Yeah, and if you're looking for detergent for things to wash with, that's another thing where, like, um, you know, REI has, like, the little backpacking 
cleaner soap that you use for clothing mm-hmm. for yourself for your dishes like that totally works it's a tiny yeah dr bottle. bronner's soap is good um, for so that too and you can use that in like your hair and body as well as for for, for laundry that's great um yeah and then other things you always want to have with you is like having that auxiliary battery we talked about like you don't want your phone to die a backup, like you always need the regular adapter if you're going to a country that has a different plug. Um, sometimes I like to bring a backup in case mine doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, things break here and there. And then also just like a backup charging cord mm-hmm. for your phone. Like c- cords get frayed, they stop working. It's It doesn't really take up any space to bring another sure. one. Because you bring duplicates of things sometimes you want to lock something away um if i'm staying in a hostel i always have a lock with me if it's one with a key i try to give my travel companion the Mm -hmm. spare key or if it's one with a code that's even better yeah and and a lot of times hostels when you book it will say like in the fine print like must travel with own lock uh some hostels will you can purchase one there in case you don't bring it but um, yeah it's like five five dollars and i would uh the luggage locks are fine, like the smaller ones with like the wire, but I have even traveled with like a full-on mm-hmm. padlock because sometimes like under the bunks, it's yeah. like these cages and you hook – you especially this would be like in a dorm room situation. Oh, I've seen those. You'd put your luggage right, under that yeah. cage and then like lock it so that if other people are in and out of the room, your, your things are secure. And then another big aspect of the way you pack just has to do with how you're organizing stuff in your bag. Um, if you don't have like an organization system and you're living out of your luggage for one, two, three, four weeks, you're going to go nuts. So we like to keep organization in mind for this. <laughs> so uh, what are some of the things you do, so Monica? I am a that? big proponent of packing cubes and when I when somebody nice. first told me about these, I thought seems so extraneous, but I'm telling you, it has been right. like a lifesaver. First of all, for some reason, mm-hmm. I if I roll my clothes up, it seems like I can get so much more in. I don't know the physics behind it, but for some reason, like rolling stuff <laughs> up, spherical, no, cylindrical it physics makes sense. <laughs> but it works. I don't yeah. know if it's just because like I'm I'm making it tighter and smaller. But anyway, I've used packing cubes to organize my clothes in multiple different ways. So um, for instance, the most recent trip I've been on was to Banff National Park. And I wasn't really like, I, what I did was I brought like two or three, like, like sundressy kind of things to wear in the evenings. If we went to like a nicer dinner, which was only maybe two or three of the, of the seven or eight nights that we were there. Most of the time I was, you know, we were eating at the campsite or um, or just somewhere like super casual. So whatever I was like hiking and doing activities in that day is what I was wearing at my dinner time too. Yeah, that happens so with me. So I just too. basically packed like one outfit per day, and uh, I had mm-hmm. two kind of larger cubes, and I put four outfits in one. I kind of I rolled it up together. So I had like my pants, my shirt, my underwear, my socks, uh, and bra for that day and rolled it all up into kind of one cylinder and that was one outfit and i put four in one cube and four in the other and then this way i was kind of only managing like a few things at a time and like all those other clothes stayed like nice and neat in the other side um other ways that i've done cubes is i'll you know kind of have like my mix and matchy stuff uh and what i do is i plan kind of in like a capsule wardrobe. So I'll bring a lot of like neutrals. Mm -hmm. And then if I have pieces Mm -hmm. that are 
um, have like some color to them, then I'll pack them sort of similar. So when I went to Alaska, I packed like grays and blacks uh, because I was like, okay, I have this vest, but I might want to wear this vest over like a couple of other. Yeah, it's easier to find stuff. Right, like longer sleeve things. Um, But I just made sure that like everything kind of went with everything else so that I could mix and match. But then when something Mm -hmm. got really dirty, as the trip was going on, I could pack the dirty stuff into one cube and then keep the clean stuff separate and kind of like move things along in that sense, depending on what I needed when. Yeah, cubes are great. And then even if you don't do that, I know like the times I've been backpacking, I do the the oversized Ziploc bags and you just like organize your stuff in groups. That way you're not just like digging through everything mm-hmm. every time you need to find one small item. <laughs> um, so it just helps to like cluster your things together in groups. You remember where it is, you know what bag you're looking yep. for. Um, and then you can grab it easily. Um, but I do find at minimum, I need at least one bag to put yeah. dirty things in. Uh, cause I do not like to mix dirty stuff with clean cause then yeah. it's all dirty. Especially so if you're moving you know, make sure you have from that. city to city and you have to like put everything back together again. It's nice to like have that right. separation yeah. of your dirty stuff. Um, not only that, but I have, it actually came from like the baby section of like Amazon and it's a, I think it's mm-hmm. meant for, like, if you had an infant who, like, spit up or soiled their clothes and you, they needed a change of clothes, that um, the wet clothes and stuff would go into this dry bag. It's it's just a plastic um, with a zipper, but it's like super, super useful. useful. And, yeah. like, you know, if you go on that uh, last-minute excursion and you're snorkeling or something and your bathing suit's not dry by the flight the next day, I stick it in there so that it doesn't make all my other clothes in the suitcase for that flight home all, like, damp and mildewy. So that's really that's really yeah helpful. yeah it happens yeah. really fast <laughs> yeah no that's that's so let's good. talk about laundry because I think this is something that people don't think about mm-hmm. for trip yeah it's actually really easy to find mm-hmm. a laundry mat most of the time and then sometimes hostels will have laundry built in or like your Airbnb mm-hmm. might have laundry or mm-hmm. your hotel may have a laundry service um, and it's it's better than having to pay an extra like what sixty bucks to check a bag each way and, and then you don't have to deal with the whole check bag situation that we talked about earlier. So I think laundry is worth doing. It doesn't really take that long to do. Um, And even if it does, sometimes it's even nice to have some of your routine functions. Like a little bit of downtime. Um, Feels a little normal. Yeah, some downtime. Banff and the laundromat we found was like right downtown. And so we like went to the laundromat, threw it all in, uh, walked across the street and had like happy hour, you know, snack and and drinks at the bar and then walked back. And it was like a nice afternoon. Um, yeah, in Morocco we did it and it was, first of all, dirt cheap. And second of all, for that one, it was like a drop off in the morning and then pick up in the evening. So we literally didn't even have to Mm -hmm. take any extra time out of our plans that day. We just had to like drop it all off. They counted up the pieces. They gave us, you know, the, the charge and it was all folded and packed nicely and clean and fresh when we got back from the day. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I know, uh, one of my friends and I, went to a laundromat in Portugal and like this was this was back when I was drinking too and like we found little you know two dollar bottles of wine brought them into the laundromat <laughs> with us and had the wine while we were doing laundry and like we met people there and things like that Party so you know, it's like you can you can make an activity <laughs> out of it yeah um but yeah so it's not it's not the end of the world to have to do laundry but um a couple other things to note about your 
clothing choices that you are packing, I'd say, like, if you're trying to get cute Instagram photos, most of the time, you're probably good just bringing, like, two or three Mm -hmm. really cute outfits, and then everything else you can kind of make do with, or, like, you can rewear those same outfits. It's not a big deal to have them in multiple photos. When you're dressed up and you're fancy, you're not doing something super strenuous. It's not going to get, you know, soiled, and you're never going to see these people again in your life, right? So if you wear one yeah. one dress Doesn't to one matter. restaurant one day and you wear the same exact dress the next night to dinner somewhere else, nobody's going to know, right? Um, or I'll pack something yeah. super basic. I have this navy blue like jumpsuit. First of all, it's like wearing mm-hmm. pajamas. So it's super comfortable after like a long day. Yeah. Um, and then I would just put like a different necklace on it or something so that in pictures it looked slightly different. I have different. one of those too. It's a onesie. Yeah. <laughs> It's like my my black and white onesie I wear to like every country that has. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can just um, do some different yeah, accessories like with it or something if you're worried about people at home being so like, why is she wearing cute. that again? But um, yeah, if you're only gonna yeah, wear it for a couple of hours, just yeah. plan to wear it a couple more times. Um, another one though, this is bags and shoes are like the things that I have like so many multiples of. Like I feel like the two things that I'm always purchasing yeah. for trips are different types of bags and different types of shoes. But shoes can be like a make or break yeah. on a trip. Um, so Absolutely. however, if you're trying to pack small, I would really try to keep it at like three or less. Three is absolute maximum. And like that being said, that third pair is like water shoes or shower mm-hmm. shoes. Like you, the, the most important shoe is the shoe you have for walking. Um, then you have the shoe that's like a little bit cute and functional. Like if it's warm weather, some type of sandal, Mm -hmm. maybe strappy sandal. If it's cool weather, like a cute boot. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. But again, function over fashion. Uh, I have never been on a trip and I've been to 26 countries at this point. I've never needed a pair of heels. Like. Same. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's like out of the question. It's like why, why even? Um, but like you said, uh, so. you know, you, so walking shoes, and again, that depends, right? In Banff, I had bought a pa- pair of trail runners. It was perfectly fine to like have something kind of athletic looking. However, if I was like in Paris, I'd want a good pair of walking shoes, but that was like a little bit more stylish, right? So just think of like the right. location yeah, as yeah. well. Um, like, what are other people mm-hmm. there wearing, most likely? Uh, when I went yeah. to India, uh, we were there, and, of course, it was pretty warm, and I brought sandals with me, but they were, like, vionic sandals with really good support, but they had a little bit of a style to them, yeah, so they, the like, matched support. my outfits, yeah. and, I, and I felt good in them. Um, but you can't go wrong also with just, like, a pair of, like, Keds, because I feel like those work mm-hmm. with pants, they work with leggings, they work with dresses, even, uh, so those are very versatile. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the kind of like the activity ones. I've gotten a lot of use out of my Keens uh, because they're mm-hmm. a little bit more sturdy than like the water shoes that like they sell in like the surf shops at the beach. Uh, they have a little bit more of a sole. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times – this is like a weird thing to say – but like wading into like a river or – um, a lake and it's like a really rocky bottom and I'm so happy yeah, that I that have that. Those happens. are totally waterproof and they're going to protect your feet and mm-hmm. you can walk the mile back to wherever you need to go in them. So yeah, it's like it makes it way more pleasant yeah. to actually go to the beach if you have It was those. a super good investment with, it, with those Keens. I've used them so many times. 
Yeah, yeah, water water shoes also mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, and then just rubber flip-flops for the shower, especially if you're in a shared bathroom situation. Yeah, any especially a hostel. I wouldn't even count those as like flip-flop. an actual pair of shoes. I feel like that's almost like a toiletry. Like, you know, I know, I would, yeah. I mean, you can you could use the, you know, those little like shoes you get after you get your yeah. toenails done <laughs> from like a pedicure. You could like use that. Yeah, I would just <laughs> have, like a pair of like old navy like rubber, you know, like Fong flip flops that are like super thin and flat that I just can like tuck in next to my uh, cubes in my backpack. They really don't take up a lot of space. And then I would I would still bring like let's say it's something like the Galapagos Islands. I would still bring like the walking shoes, walking sandals, and the Keens. Like I would probably still have used for all three. Yeah, of those, that you makes know? sense. Um, and then other other things clothing wise, I will bring at least two pairs of undergarments per day. Yeah. Um, I pack underwear like I'm going to poop in my just, pants. I, <laughs> I like I think everybody does that cuz you're just like I mean you're you're going to be active, right? So like there you just want to mm-hmm. have backups. I don't need to go into details there, but like you you know. If there's anything you want too um, much of, it's underwear underwear <laughs> um and like even like socks it's good to have a lot of too but like the the underwear underwear yeah that's but like want. if i have um, to rinse out a pair of socks in the sink with a little bit of soap and they air dry and i wear them again yeah i'm fine with bad. that i feel really weird about doing that with underwear like yeah so same. i mean same <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures but i'd rather just have extra underwear they're small you ball them up tight you stick them in your shoes um you put them all in one yep. ziploc bag <laughs> they i mean i just tuck them in different places and they don't take up an extra – and it's just peace yeah. of mind knowing that, hey, if you're feeling an extra little, you know, unfresh that day, you can just change your underpants. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> exactly. Good to go. Um, and then a few other things. Uh, I don't – with pajamas, I don't – I usually do just like a loose T-shirt mm-hmm. and like a loose pair of shorts. Um, I usually don't bring more than one pair, but I know it's – It depends again on the weather of the location. I feel if I'm like kind of hot and sweaty and humid, I like I'll bring like two. Like I'll wear one for like the first half of the trip and then kind of switch. Yeah. Um, Or like if I didn't get like terribly um, hot and sweaty or anything, I'll wear like the same shirt that I just wore all day long. I'll just like wear it to bed too. It also depends on like what part of the day I'm taking my shower. you know, right. I want to put yeah. like, something yeah, fresh like, on. You, you want to feel shower, fresh. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then my other favorite, like, kind of gadget slash something to wear is polarized sunglasses. And at first I thought, oh, like, how like how nerdy of bringing polarized sunglasses. And then I was in Key West and people were, like, pointing out these sea turtles in the water. And I was like, I can't see these darn sea turtles. And we keep passing them on this ferry boat and then somebody was like oh try these polarized sunglasses that i have and sure enough it changed the depth perception in the water that i could see the wildlife so now mm. i make sure that i i spent i i don't spend a lot on them because like everything else on a trip you could lose it or it could break um but i've gotten right decent ones yeah. on amazon for not that much money um yeah, yeah for sure and it's absolutely sure, worth yeah. it yeah, I mean, it's like if you go somewhere, there's water, there's a reflection. If you go somewhere, there's snow, mm-hmm. there's a reflection. If you're driving in the car and it's dawn or dusk, the sun is mm-hmm. right in your eyes. So I think it's worth it. Um, I feel better Definitely. having them. So. And then, like we've mentioned a few times uh, so far in this episode, everybody, I think weather makes a big 
um, decision on like just other little items that you might need. Yeah, like mm-hmm. what you need for sure. I mean, we already talked about the water shoes, having that microfiber towel, um, ponchos. Those fold-up ponchos are great if it rains. I have like this rain jacket I bring with me everywhere that's like pretty thin, has zip-up pockets. Mm-hmm. I like to use that. I find if you are doing a lot of walking, it is nice to, one, have some kind of anti-chafing stick. For the chub rub. Um, and then... T- yeah, the chub rub. Um, nobody likes chub rub. <laughs> and then <laughs> toe socks, actually. They're like, if you don't know what toe socks are, they're like little gloves for your feet. Um, those are good for not getting blisters on your toes. I've never I heard know, of this um, before. I've never seen them. I know. But well, I might yeah, have looking too. They're fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I going backpacking you go on like these 20 mile hikes Mm -hmm. in a day up and down a mountain with a big pack on you want those toe socks but um most situations you probably don't need that one thing (laughs) i was so happy that we had in banff because we stayed in campsites we we did like a camper van situation and so every night we stayed in a different campsite um and i often have to get up and use the restroom in the middle of the night and um very very grateful for flashlights uh so, and that can yes. be helpful even in uh, your hostel if you're dorming with other people and you need to catch an early flight to move around and have that um, instead of like waking everybody up. And you can use the one on your phone too, but they t- tend to be as bright. Um, or headlamps if you're doing mm-hmm. any nighttime uh, walking or hiking, those are good to have as well. Yeah, if you, if you need to pitch a tent when it's dark, you mm-hmm. definitely want a headlamp. So that's, that's, uh, Something I've experienced. <laughs> um, and then another thing, if alternatively you are at the beach, uh, chances are you probably want to take some pictures, but you do not want to risk getting your phone wet. Um, so if you can get one of those secure little cases mm-hmm. that has like a string goes around your neck. And they work. Um, put your phone in that. You can because take pictures. I they would do take, work. I, the yeah, first few and, times and I used it, I was like, I'm still not going to submerge my phone. And then I was watching other people yeah. like on the trip and they were like literally swimming with their phones in those cases around their neck and it was fine. And I'm like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. And I have never had an issue. Yeah. So, um, and you and yes, you can take, still totally take pictures through it and everything. Um, it's just, yeah, it's peace of mind. Uh, and sure. just a nice general guideline as you're traveling. I mean, we want to look our best. We want those iconic pictures. Um, but we also want things to be functional. But also just from a safety issue, if you're in a crowded city or an area that's maybe not known for the safest, safest you don't want to wear something that's going to make you really stand out as a tourist you know, do your do your research mm-hmm. as far as the culture, um, especially if it's an area that tends to be more religious and modest, um, and just you know keep that in mind in general. Uh, you don't want to stick out and make yourself a target for a crime. So, um, unfortunately, in some places, depending on our skin tone and our hair color, we're already stick out, and so just being aware, you know, definitely been jewelry, there. <laughs> watches. Things like that. Yeah, don't wear anything you know, flashy. Target. I mean, in South Africa, our tour guide was literally like, ladies, like, take your wedding bands off. Like, you know, um, yeah, don't walk around with things that are sure. going to make you a target for a crime. So there's all good things to keep in, uh, keep in mind. 
Yeah. We both had that experience in Ecuador where it was like, mm-hmm. don't have your phone out on the street. Uh, when I was in Morocco, I had that bright purple shirt on with like the funky pants and like everybody else wearing gray. I stood out like a sore thumb and we got mm-hmm. scammed by the taxi. Um, so yeah, things happen. It's not the end of the world if something does happen usually um but since you're listening but, to our you know, podcast to it won't safe. happen to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all about prevention so um so yeah you'll hear more uh, from us on our next episode of the marvels and mishaps of travel thank you very much <laughs>